Welcome to the More Love, More Power podcast. Our vision is to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire, encourage, and even challenge you to live a naturally supernatural lifestyle, learning how to live in God's love and walk in more of His power. Well, welcome to our More Love, More Power podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm going to be your host today. And really excited to welcome my friend Micah Turnbow today. So welcome, Micah. Hello, everybody. So excited to have you. Um, so Micah, you are what we call a seer prophet, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty unique gift that allows you to see into the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. and you're, you regularly have supernatural encounters with angels mm-hmm. and... Uh, as I heard last night in the School of Kingdom Ministry, mm-hmm. Jesus yes. himself, which is <laughs> yes. um, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that comes out of meditating on Scripture. Absolutely. And uh, during your day job, mm-hmm. though, you are a prophetic ministry pastor, the prophetic ministry pastor at Vineyard Northwest mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And you also lead a ministry, a prophetic ministry called Beyond Behold Wonder. Wonder. Behold Wonder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not Beyond Wonder, but Behold, Behold Wonder. Wonder. Yes. And anything you want to share about that, Behold Wonder? Yeah. So Behold Wonder, it's wonderful. It's a ministry that focuses on uh, raising up friends, you know, friends of God, really, and leading them into intimacy with Jesus. And I equip people in supernatural encounters, you know, just to help them get started in exploring the, you know, the depth of his love and where they can go with him. It's a really great ministry. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So today in our podcast, uh, I know it will be both inspiring and even a little bit stretching. And so anytime something stretches us, we take it to the Lord and you know something you mentioned about prophecy to me yesterday was it's about the lordship yes, of Jesus, that's right? right. Yes. And so anything with prophecy is like an invitation to take it to the Lord, to ask Him questions, uh, into deeper intimacy. But I believe you have a great deposit mm. for us today, and so mm-hmm. excited. And so I thought I would just start with a, a question yeah. that I know many people might have: like, what is a seer prophet, mm-hmm. and how is that different from other prophets? That's great. Yeah, so a seer prophet is they see into the spiritual world. Um, there is another invisible world around us that has angels and demons and just other spiritual activity. So seers um, equip the body to see into the spiritual world, to interact with those uh, spiritual beings. How that is different from another prophetic role is, well... Say, for example, um, prophecy, a lot of it focuses on hearing the communicating process. Well, the seer focuses on the receptive process, how you're receiving those revelations mm. and how you are going to take those uh, the things that you see in the spiritual world and make them a reality into this physical world. So a seer um, moves a lot in that dimension. Yeah. So <clears throat> what does that look like for you? Maybe, Maybe even just giving... Uh, mm-hmm. An example, a recent example. It doesn't sure. have to be long or anything. It, sure, but it, sure, yeah, sure. just anything like when you see something and mm-hmm. how do you realize it into the natural? Absolutely. So um, let's see. It was uh, what's today? Today is uh, Monday. So Friday, I uh, went to Kroger to you know get some cat food for my cat. And, you know, <laughs> not for me, but for my cat. Yeah. Um, but anywho, I went to go uh, to Kroger and I. This, this guy was in the checkout lane, and I just was looking at him, not trying to be, you know, creepy or anything, but just looking at him, and I saw this angel by him, and this angel is there, and he has his strong arm around the guy, and he looked like he was 
energizing the guy. The guy had like this depression on him. So um, I immediately thought, oh, well, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do about that? Because not all the time when you see things in the spiritual world are you going to do something about it, mm. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you're seeing things just because you're seeing things. But I asked Holy Spirit, uh, should I do something about this? And Holy Spirit said, yeah, encourage him that I am happy and that I want him to be happy. And I'm like, you really want me to say those words? I didn't even mention the angel, mm. but I knew the angel was there. And so I went up to the guy and I just said, hey, I hear the Lord's voice. I you know, just want you to know that um, God wants you to be happy and he cares about you and he wants you to have joy. I just started encouraging him and you can see this smile come on his face and he said, wow. thank you, I really need to hear that. But see, that's just a simple way a seer uh, can encourage someone. Not all the time are you going to share the exact thing you see, but it encourages you that something is happening, that something is going to happen when you step out. Yeah, that's good. So uh, you maybe have heard the terms, this is from Chris Vallotton, like foretelling or yes. forth telling. Mm-hmm. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a describing prophecy, mm-hmm. and then there's more of a creating prophecy where there's, you know, you're releasing something from the yes. spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe what you just did there? Is mm-hmm. that more on the describing side, the foretelling? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of the, yeah, I would say it's the forth telling where you are you're taking that what's in the spirit room, because that man obviously felt depressed. Yeah. Um, But the spirit world, what God wanted to do was bring joy. So I came in uh, to help create an atmosphere of joy around him. Now, it's quite interesting. I, Mm. you know, I... I have done prophecy where there's foretelling, but I realize that there's not a whole, a lot of that. Mm. There's a lot of just... Uh, causing or creating things around you to see things come to pass. But foretelling is a thing, yeah. but it's not as much as what we think prophecy is. Hmm. You know, it's, a, it's more so of taking the kingdom, what's happening in the kingdom, and making it a reality here. But, yeah. you know, there is foretelling in the ministry. Yeah. yeah there is. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I know just from talking with you that, mm-hmm. you know, you have a passion for this because this is how it happened to you when you mm-hmm. as you grew up mm-hmm. kind of fostering mm-hmm. you know uh, y- the seer or the prophetic gift and maybe I, I thought you could maybe share some tips on mm-hmm. how do you raise up more seers oh. um, maybe even especially in the young age mm-hmm. if you things that you know happen to you but things that you're realizing hey this is how you really foster mm-hmm. You know, raising up a, a seer prophet. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, I would say, for parents who have kids who are seeing in the spirit, I would say kids see much easier because they aren't, they don't have doubt connected to them. You know, we're trained to doubt. We're trained to uh, be skeptics. And children have the ability to believe. You know, if you say something's there, they're like, okay, that's there. So for parents who have kids who are seeing in the spirit. Um, you start by listening to them and asking them questions about what they're seeing. Mommy, I saw a, you know, angel with great wings. You know, find a question to ask the child. You know, well, what were the wings like? What did you feel when you saw the wings? Because what happens is, is that it teaches them how to communicate what they're seeing. Mm. And I find that when parents do not engage with their children when they see, then the child grows up and they're overwhelmed and they uh, feel like everything's too much. When really God gave us this gift and it's not supposed to be overwhelming, It's uh, we're, we can enjoy being a seer. So 
when you're communicating with a child and asking them questions, it, it teaches them how to communicate back to you what they're seeing because the description in the seer dimension or those who do see, the description is the prophetic word at most cases. Hmm. You know, So you have to train them to describe, to use words to describe what it is that they're seeing in the room or around somebody and teach them how to use the correct words. <laughs> because you may not be able to say, you know, all the time, there is a monkey-like demon on your shoulder. Mm-hmm, okay? You mm-hmm. can't always say that, not all the time. Majority of the times, no. You know, but finding another word to say. And so parents can say, okay, what would be another way? Okay, you saw an, an, a gargoyle imp on that person's shoulder. What's another way you can say that God wants to set this person free? Mm. You know, and that will show them, give them strategies yeah. on how to do that. So that's a huge tip for kids growing up. And then for, you know, those who are, are, you know, seeing now they don't know where to start or I encourage you to find a journal and ask Holy Spirit again, ask Holy Spirit, all right, how would you say this? You know, how would you say this prophetic word or say this description to someone else? Holy Spirit, give me wisdom because you know, Paul says Ephesians in Ephesians 1.17 that you have wisdom and revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we see things and we hear things in the spiritual world, we also need wisdom, you know, on the correct wordings to use. So I yeah. encourage them to get a journal and ask questions. My mentor always said, seers ask questions. Mm. <laughs> it's okay to ask the questions. What does this mean? Don't act like you know what everything means, because I guarantee you, you don't. You don't, okay? Yeah. It's, it's so much. So it's it's a lot, you know? So just ask him the questions. What does this mean? How am I supposed to speak this out? You know, how would you speak this out, Holy Spirit? And he will tell you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is just coming to my mind, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it'll be helpful in, in a more practical sense. Like mm-hmm. my son, Nathan, mm-hmm. he's 12, and he um, shared with me, this is a few months ago, mm-hmm. Um, like during in youth group and things like that, mm-hmm. during worship, he was having um, open visions mm-hmm. and he was seeing what angels were doing to demons. He was watching like angels destroy demons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just, you know, things that they were kind of harboring some kind of sin actions mm-hmm. or whatever. And so mm-hmm. he was just describing this all to me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, thank you, Lord, that I don't think he's crazy. Yes, thank you, Lord, right. that, right. you know, and so I, we had... A, I mean, it was one of those conversations mm-hmm. that you have, and I can't even, couldn't even believe I was having it. I'm like, oh my gosh, my son can see all these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. But just any other tips for me or anybody who mm-hmm. has, you know, a child that maybe mm-hmm. is, or, or someone that comes to you, like, how do how do we foster that? Again, we haven't had a conversation yeah, like yeah, that yeah. since, but yeah. I was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you that yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just really grateful because yes. I, I mean, yeah. I think most parents would be like, uh, "You crazy?" I know. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, she would pray and say, "Lord, please help my son not be crazy." You know, because I would, I, like I said, I come in talking about stuff, and she's like, "I don't know what to do with that," you know. And parents, it's okay that you don't know what to do immediately, mm. but you are their parent, and so that means you have everything in you to equip and teach your child. Okay, you are so important in their development. If you continue to make the spiritual realm normal, like having a conversation around a dinner table, the child will grow up who has that gift at being normal. For me, my mom and my dad would always ask me, What did you see in the spirit today? Wow. You know, they would ask me that at the table, you know, and my siblings, I have three other siblings, two sisters and a younger brother, they would listen, you know. Um, 
my my sister Derry, she would always say, well, what, what music did they sing? You know, and so it was a constant conversation in the home. And parents, you can make that a constant conversation to even when they go to bed, you say, did you see anything? What was the favorite thing you saw in the spirit today? Mm. You know, and the child will say, oh, you know, I do this even with my uh, nieces and nephews. I have, let's see, 11 nieces and nephews, okay? Wow. So and we have some seers in there. So before they go to bed, I even ask them, I'll say, did you see anything in the spirit today? And uh, they'll say, yeah. And I say, well, what was your favorite? You know, just having those conversations with them will mm. make it a normal process for them. And so when they get in their teens, it's like, you know, a normal way of living. Yeah, they won't discount it or yes. think like, oh, I'm just imagining. Yes, yes. And they won't think that they're super, like they're super, no one can, you know, relate to them or touch them or, you know, because that is something that, you know, some seers, you know, who uh, don't grow up in that environment, they feel like that they are so much more than everybody else in a negative sense, mm-hmm. not in a positive sense, but in a way that's like, I'm just not normal or I'm just not... No one can relate to me. I can't make any friends. I can't be liked because I'm so weird. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, you know, being raised in a home when it's not, when you're not taught that, hey, you're a living, breathing human being, just like everybody else here. Mm-hmm. You know, you just see things differently. You see in a different world, you know. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Really, That's really helpful. Thanks, Micah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Maybe uh, getting a little more practical, like mm-hmm. when you get a prophetic word for people mm-hmm. or you prophesy, yep. um, how is that different for you or different for a seer, mm-hmm. if it is, mm-hmm. uh, versus maybe how other kinds of prophets mm-hmm. uh, do words? Like, mm-hmm. would you, you wouldn't say that every prophet is a seer, right? right? Yeah. Right. So yes. anyway, yeah. so mm-hmm. whatever thoughts come to mind on, <laughs> on that question. Yeah. So all seers are a prophet, but not all prophets see. So, um, so for me, just practically for me is usually it starts off with the sight first. You mm. know, I will see something around them or on them or in them in some cases or in the building or on the building. And so I have a little journal and this is if I have time, <laughs> you know, and then I'll write the word in the in the journal, and then I start asking Holy Spirit questions about it, you know. So, Holy Spirit, what's this angel for? Or, Holy Spirit, what's this for? Unless the angel comes and tells me, then I have a pretty good idea. But even so, I want to encourage you, it's fine to have a spiritual being come and talk to you, you know, if they serve the Lord, <laughs> you know, to come and talk to you. But still, even after, say, for example, an angel comes and tells you that, He's going to give someone a new kidney or, you know, whatever. You can still dialogue with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, Holy Spirit, how do you want to do this? As I say, Holy Spirit is the best teacher, Hmm. is the best person to help you figure these things out. So for me, I'm always constantly dialoguing with Holy Spirit about anything that I'm seeing. So for a seer, you want to have that communication with Holy Spirit because sometimes you'll see more than one thing in a room. And what Holy Spirit wants to do may be only one thing, but you're seeing three or four things, Mm. you know? And so Holy Spirit would say, actually, talk about this. You really need wisdom. Talk about, or talk about this thing that I'm showing you, just this part. And then you put the other things, you table it for a time. I have had words to where, you know, I saw things in my church, uh, a whole bunch of things, and I only shared one thing, and then the other words came later, Mm. you know? So... um, you don't have to rush. I understand that sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, you feel that excitement. 
and that drive and you just want to do it fast, you know. Not all the time do you have to rush. Sometimes you can be the last person to speak. <laughs> you know, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay to go last. Now, what if you don't have time? What if you're like in a prophecy room and you only have 15 minutes to prophesy over somebody? And so for seers, we love the time, but not all the time will you have that. So what you do in that process is again, I have a small journal and I write down one thing from that vision or from that sight that stuck out to me. So saw the angel put his hand on someone's head and fire came off. Okay, what sticks out to me? The fire. Boom. So I write down fire real quick. And then I start saying, Holy Spirit, give me a verse. Give me a verse for this, for the fire of God. Then he drops a verse in my spirit. Then I prophesy from that verse, you know, uh, what he reveals to me from that verse. And that is a quicker way um, of you using your ability to see in a fast-paced setting. Hmm, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a related question, but mm-hmm. how how do you hear the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Um, and related question mm-hmm. is how do you perceive or see angels? But first, mm-hmm. like, you know, some of us have a knowing, some of <laughs> yeah. us, you know, there's a few people I've heard about have like audible voice, things yeah. like that. But mm-hmm. so how do you hear the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit specifically? Yeah, so... Um, that's a really great question. Now, I've had audible voices. I've had those things, but most of the time I hear him speak in my heart or my mind. Um, like a knowing just or a just knowing. a thought? Yeah, a knowing or a thought, or I'll get a picture in my head and yeah. I'll just say, oh, that's him. You know, and I trained myself really to... The still small voice is so valuable. A lot of people look for the fire and the earthquake and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, and that's cool. Yeah. Like, I'm a seer. I love that. I love when flames show up and I'm all like, wow, you know, but... <laughs> The still small voice is just as valuable, mm. you know, and powerful. So I've learned to value the still small voice, especially you see. Sometimes we want those big encounters. That's cool, but love the small, the, the the small simple ones too. Those can cause some great damage in the demonic kingdom just by you, you know, mm. listening to that small voice that's in your head or in your heart. So most of the times, it's that small voice in my head or in my heart, and I just listen to it, and uh. I practice just like everybody else. And there are times where I'm like, oh, well, I missed that one, <laughs> you know, or I didn't hear that part, you know. That's okay. We're all learning. Mm-hmm. We're all practicing. You know, no one is perfect at it. We just want to keep walking as sons, you know, sons of God, you know. So, That's uh, good. yeah, pay attention to those, uh, the knowings. Or sometimes we get these feelings in our gut where mm. we're just like, oh, I just, I get this sense. And that often is him, yeah. you know, that sense Go with that and watch the Lord do some awesome things. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like angelic encounters yeah. or seeing mm-hmm. angels, mm-hmm. what exactly do you see? Do you see mm-hmm. light? Do you see a person? Mm-hmm. Do you see all the above? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. What do you yeah. see? Oh, man. The angelic world is so unique. Okay. So uh, sometimes I'll see... Uh, uh, often I'll see them look like... Uh, like normal people. I mean, what I mean by that Ooh. is like I can touch them and feel them, um, but not all the time are they solid. Sometimes they're just wind. I can see wind moving around them. One of the ways that we can commonly um, discern angelic is that in a word it says that he makes his angels winds and his messengers a flame of fire. So a lot of times we'll feel wind moving around us, and that's the angels ministering to us. And one of the things I teach the students, I'll ask them, I'll say, do you feel the wind? And they'll say, yeah, I'll say, those are angels. Because we're, mm-hmm. like I said, sometimes we look for such the big things that the simple things 
we miss. And there's oftentimes when we're praying or we're in ministry times or we're even in worship settings and we'll feel a breeze. And those are angels. And now one person asked me, I said, but Holy Spirit's like wind too. Absolutely. Hmm. Holy Spirit is very much like wind. And when you have Holy Spirit's wind moving by, you also have angels moving by because angels are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Holy Spirit come in a room and there's no angels along with him. Hmm. <laughs> you know, they are always present because they are under his leadership as well. You know, so when you feel the wind, I do two things. I say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for sending the angels hmm. because they're all Always around. Yeah. Last night during the ministry time in the school, mm-hmm. um, as like I was feeling that, and then you described it like I it was like all over my hands, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've I probably have experienced this before, but maybe didn't recognize yeah, it. Yeah, but it was yeah. it was yeah it was quite a <laughs> interesting encounter. Yeah, quite <laughs> a, quite a night. Really yeah, good. Yeah, a lot of people will feel winds around their hands. They'll feel winds go around their head, or they'll feel winds going around their ankles. Um, and sometimes they'll feel it going up and down their backs. And whenever I, you know, I, I mention the wind because I want people to know that they are participating in this angelic encounter right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you bring that awareness to them, they're like, "Oh, it's that simple." It's like it is that simple. Yeah. You know? One of the things I think you, you Stuart, more than just like being a seer prophet, or maybe yeah. this is the purpose of this, is kind of like sowing the belief that spiritual encounters are possible yes, yes. and the you know that there is more for yes, you yes mm-hmm. and you mentioned last night like you just need to believe it's yeah. it's what you believe yes. and uh, any just pointers mm-hmm. on how to let that belief settle deeper yeah. in your heart mm-hmm. or mind or what whatever like that yeah. because you know, oh, I'm just gonna believe. You know, yeah. that that can be a little more yes. workspace, but yes. you know, absolutely. Any any thoughts on that? Just mm-hmm. how can we welcome this more yeah. in our life? Believe, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. That's so wonderful. You know, I practice every day thanking the Holy Spirit. I wake up and I say, Holy Spirit, thank you that uh, we are supernatural today. I say things like that um, because it shifts me to think more on the in the area of where He's at. You know, so when I wake up in the morning, I say, Holy Spirit, thank you that we're supernatural today. Thank you that you're going to do supernatural things through me today, you know, and you become more aware of the the slight odd things that happen around you. Like, you know, I've, I've become to, I get to this place where I'm like, oh, that was different because sometimes, you know, it's the Holy Spirit and say, hey, I'm over here. I want to do something. And it's real faint. It's real subtle. And then you you say that prayer in the morning and you're like, Oh, you recognize those little seeds, Hmm. you know? Always recognize those little seeds, because not all the time is it going to be a big blast of a vision. Go to the store, you know? (laughs) Sometimes you're going, you know, you're doing your normal day, and you get this little touch, like you get this little, like, that person's standing out to me. Hmm. That's supernatural, okay? That person is standing, why in the world am I looking at this, this person, and I just really like them for some reason? That's Holy Spirit saying, hey, I like them. You should go talk to them. Uh, That's him. It's like compassion. Yes, it's compassion. And that's supernatural. And so learn to pick up those little seeds that 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 are stirring on the inside of you and then run with it and then see what happens. That's really good. I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about the church. Sure. And uh, specifically, you know... 
I would say the prophetic culture in our nation and our world mm. right now is a little messy. <laughs> um, yeah, the, and it was slightly. maybe messy before, but the last two years kind of, uh, it showed up a lot more yeah. maybe exposed or it was <laughs> brought into the light, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, really sensing this call, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of churches are, mm-hmm. like to build a prophetic culture, to, right. to okay, Lord... Obviously, prophecy and and prophets and mm-hmm. prophetic is still hugely valuable to you. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not getting away with that, but you might be bringing some correction or whatever. But mm-hmm. what would you say are some ways a church can establish a healthy prophetic culture? Now, mm-hmm. I know that's a pretty broad, yeah. but any just you know what comes to mind as yeah. you know, hey, I want a healthy mm-hmm. prophetic culture. What what would you say are some some things. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, to build a healthy prophetic culture, obviously you want to value the voice of God. Um, Where prophets are naturally drawn to, just prophets in general, they're naturally drawn to the presence of the Lord. So one of the things that we did at our church is we we started prayer rooms. And um, the prayer rooms of worship and prayer, when you start those things, it starts to become prophetic in nature because... You know, you start to pray what Holy Spirit, what you're sensing Holy Spirit's doing. Prophets naturally are attracted to that, mm. you know, um, because they love that supernatural. They love the spontaneity. You know, that's just how they roll. So if you establish places of prayer, you establish those places of meditating on God, singing the scriptures, prophets will flock to that. And when you start to see the prophets in those room, in, in the rooms, you start to engage with them. Hey, so... What are you sensing? I notice you're a prophetic guy or a gal. What are you sensing in the room? And start talking with them. Because sadly, the way the prophetic culture has um, what's what's broken within it is they a lot of times feel like that they have been rejected even before they go into the building. Wow. They have a preemptive rejection. Um, and that comes from what you believe and what you've been taught about the role of the prophet. But Jesus obviously wants the prophets to come back into that fivefold and back into that church. So you have to navigate that and be strategic. If you're the pastor or the apostolic leader, you have to navigate those emotions that they immediately have up when you approach them. Hmm. You know, when you immediately approach them, they automatically start going, okay, what am I saying wrong? Okay, what am I thinking wrong? Okay, what did I do wrong? And so you just want to show them that the way they hear God and the way that they function is valuable to you. Mm. Hey, man, I really appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Let's set up a meeting and talk more about that. You know, as long as they can see that, oh, they really do like me. Oh, I have a spot at the table. The Lord gave me a dream where he showed me uh, a big giant table and all these people were sitting at it and the prophets were looking through the window, Mm. wanting to sit at the table. And, And I said, Lord, I said, they're not in the room. And the Lord said, go out and get them. Tell them, we have a seat for you at this table. That's good. And so I went outside, grabbed the prophet, and said, look, there's a seat. And each of the seats that were empty had the name of the person. And the Lord said, it's time for the prophets to come back to the table. But you have to go out and get them and say, we love you. We value you. Come back. We value the way the Lord speaks to you. Come back. Mm-hmm. And those of you prophets who are hurt, and you know, who are listening to this, and you may be hurt, listen... You don't have to be alone. You are so needed in the body of Christ. You are so needed. People need to hear your voice. We need to know what God is saying. We cannot establish the fullness of God's kingdom without the prophets. So please come home. 
you know, come back into community. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> so one of the things is, you know, you uh, obviously reaching out, yes. encouraging, mm. inviting, inviting, inviting yes. them into relationships. Yes. So you would say that's a, yes. a huge mm-hmm. uh, proponent of a healthy culture. Any, anything else come mm-hmm. to mind when, yeah. when you're thinking, you know, hey, I want to steward mm-hmm. a very healthy prophetic mm-hmm. culture in my church. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and another way, when you if you have prophetic people or, or prophets in your in in the church. Um, one of the things you can do, especially if you're you're a pastor, you know, is show them how to when they have a word. Prophets sometimes we get a little bit upset if the pastor doesn't share our word. Yeah. Okay. Um, prophets remember that when a past a pastor is going to hear your word differently than the way you heard the way you heard it, and that happens. You, I've learned that when I have. Apostles, all the different fivefold in the room, and I give a word. Each of them are going to hear different aspects of the word. Mm. Uh, that's just because their minds are wired a specific way because of the way the Lord has called them into certain ministries. So, evangelist is going to hear me say something different than a pastor would. That's okay. That's okay, good. that is totally okay. Actually, that's really good because remember, prophets, you see and know in part. You've got to remember that. To be healthy, you have to remember you see and know in part. You don't know everything. So you're going to get different flavors from different ministry functions. And that's good because that means the Lord is going to give you an gr- even greater picture for your leadership team. So learn to, when you submit your word to the pastor or to the apostolic leader, whoever is in charge, learn that they're going to see different aspects and stretch it. And that's a good thing. You are still being obedient to the Lord, okay? Mm. I had to get to the point to where the pastor, I give the word of the pastor, and the pastor, thank you, you know? And he doesn't ask me to share it. Instead, he shares it, and then he goes up, and there's nuances. And I would say, oh, the Lord didn't say that, you know, <laughs> that, that's not what the Lord said, and now my feelings would get all hurt, you know, but then the Holy Spirit taught me, he said, no, Micah, he's a pastor, he's, he's looking after the flock, okay, and he's saying it in a way that the flock can really receive it. You mm. opened up a place, prophets, you opened up a place of where God is speaking, and now God is going to speak to the pastor about this word. Mm. See, it's all good. You just need to relax and know that you're doing the works of the Lord, even when people nuance certain words. That is really good mm-hmm. and really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think when you're in ministry or you're just like working out your calling, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a, what I would call, there, there's things in your life that help you follow Jesus mm-hmm. and, and walk in his ways for mm-hmm. the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, just your gifting and your skill. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those go hand in hand. Sometimes it's like you're really gifted, but Mm -hmm. maybe your character is is lacking or... (laughs) Needs to catch up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And so I I would just, you know, I want to ask, because I I know you are, you you obviously are fostering and stewarding a prophetic culture at your church. And what would you say are some foundational character things mm-hmm. that that prophets need to build upon? Or you could go on the you know negative side. What what a prophet struggle with with the most? Sure. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. that and just any encouragement of mm-hmm. like, okay, how do I press into this? Mm-hmm. Because even just like, how do I build on this? You know, how do mm-hmm. I start in the right mm-hmm. place? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that um, in our school we hear all the time is, well, God made me do it. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
no, he did not. Mm. <laughs> you know, we, we, we let people know that, hey, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That means that you have self-control over your gift and how it functions. And when you operate in self-control, because we hear, you know, people say, well, I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. You cannot quench the Holy Spirit by practicing self-control, because mm. that's part of the fruit. So when you are practicing self-control, even with your gift, you are bringing great honor to the Holy Spirit because he himself practices those fruits as well. So prophets sometimes have to come to a place of saying, okay, well, I'm in this room. They don't really seem, you know, to be kind of wild in this area. So I'm going to suppress this part of my gift because I have to remember that my gift is for the people. It's for the body. Okay. And so I tell prophets... You know, uh, you know, especially those who, who come from different locations and churches, you know, the charismatic, and they just get, you know, woo, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, that's yeah. a little loud, buddy. Um, yeah. I asked them, I said, you know, I tell them, I said, authority, authority isn't strengthened the louder you get, okay? Good. Some people, prophets, sometimes we feel like we need to be loud because we need to be heard, and heaven hears you very well, even if you whisper, Okay. Even if you whisper, even if you say things only in your heart because you're, you know, that it's just wisdom, you know, that's practicing self control when you're saying, hmm, I'm not going to say that part of the word. I'm just going to say that to you, Holy Spirit, in my head, you know, that's wisdom. You will become way more powerful, way more strategic when you learn self control, when you learn how to harness your gift at a better way, you know, because then you'll be, you'll be a gift to all kinds of people, you mm. know? T- talk to me about teachability. Yeah, yes. Like yes. a learner, or uh, w- when I look at a leader, mm-hmm. um, any kind of leader, mm-hmm. like that, that's yeah. probably my no- one of my number yeah. ones. Maybe self, self-awareness might be number one. Yeah. And yes. then just teachability. <laughs> yes. yes. What are some ways, especially profit mm. in the prophetic? Because I, you know, mm-hmm. prophets can be more, I guess, edgy or mm-hmm. you know, black and white oh, type yes. of like this is the way it is. Oh, and yes. um, you know, how can they? What are some tips or pointers that that you've ever yeah. learned or you're helping your people yes. learn to be more teachable, self-aware, yes. things like that? I, like I said, relax. You don't know everything. Mm. You need the teacher in your life. You wow, need the good. apostle in your life. You need the pastor in your life. See, prophets, you, the reason why it was so hard for, uh, for us, you know, and is because we didn't embrace the other, um, the other gifts in our life that other people have. You know, I'm so thankful that I'm surrounded by other people who have different gifts who can really minister to my heart. You know, I mean, there's even another, uh, another prophet in our church who gives me prophetic words. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so nice. You know, and I love, I love getting words from a teacher. I love getting words from a pastor because it just, it strikes you in a different way, you know, and that you're like, you look at yourself and you say, wow, I truly am amazing. Especially when they speak into your ministry, you know, hearing the, the, hearing how a teacher views your call can really empower you. Hmm. You know, hearing how, how they see you when you're doing the things that God has called you to do can really empower you. So learn to uh, relax, you know, learn to chill out, relax, and, and, and let other people speak into your life because you'll just get even more fruit. You'll become even more healthier when you allow another gifting to minister, you know, to you. You know, and sometimes we do think, 
<laughs> we do get into this black and white, mm. uh, you know, mindset. We do sometimes uh, just think like it's only this. You know, God is so huge and so big. A prophet needs to make sure that they stay creative, mm. okay? Um, we In our school, we have so many different variations of prophecy, and it continues to expand so many different expressions of prophecy. So when you, say for example, prophets who may be listening to this who hold an office you know, in their church, always welcome the creativity, okay? Always look around you and, and see, okay, this prophecy is being expressed this way, in this way, in this way, and invite those different expressions, you know, into your school or when you're doing prophecy teams or things like that. Invite those different expressions because God is so creative. We just now have um, prophetic dance at our at our church, and awesome. we do this thing where uh, we put a person in the middle, and uh, the dancers will dance around them. It is so cool. That's a form of prophecy. And people have gotten healed. People have gotten <laughs> drunk in the spirit. You know, all kinds of things have happened just wow. by movement. Because yeah. we, I, I told the, the leader, I said, when you're moving, the spirit of God is moving around you constantly. And, and people are getting ministered to. So recognize creativity, embrace cre- uh, creativity. That will help you become more healthy. That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that... Um, you know, maybe feel called deeper into prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different levels. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, the, the beginning where all shall prophesy. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, prophetic ministry. There, you know, then there's the office of the prophet. Sure. If you feel, you know, this sense that God is, you know, drawing you closer mm-hmm. or into this or even into the office of the mm-hmm. prophet, mm-hmm. you know, what... What are some recommendations or tips for you yes. to, to kind of steward that well? Because, yeah. you know, I, I know, and we've had this happen at this church where mm-hmm. they come and like, oh, I'm a prophet and I've come to, you know, be a prophet to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you have no relationship. Exactly. You know? <laughs> we don't know who you are. We don't know who you who? are. You know, this, yeah. this is very relational. So <laughs> I don't know. Just any, any thoughts on that? Yes, that's you know? awesome. You know, what's important, prophets, listen to me. What's important is... In order for you to be a prophet, you need to find your people, okay? Mm-hmm. You are a prophet to nobody but yourself if the people do not recognize, hey, you have a voice, you you are in relationship with us, you, you have a ministry. People are so important in your ministry. Now, I've heard it, I've heard it where it says, God called me, man did not, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> I get it, I get it. But if the Lord is sending you to a person... He is going to first establish that relationship with the person. Um, for example, I, you know, when I started out, I had there's three stages. Let me say this: there's three stages of the prophet and development. You have the calling, then you have the uh, commissioning, and then you have the anointing. Mm. You get the calling, you're a prophet. Boom! Whoa! Then you have that commissioning. Okay, what's your message? Okay, what's your message as a prophet? And then you have that anointing that is the ability, the anointing, the power to do that commissioning. And guess what? That anointing comes through the hands of people. Hmm. Okay, comes through the hands of people. My pastor, I remember, I'll never forget this, actually came to an MLMP conference, a conference here. And I was sitting in the chair and my pastor put his hand on me, and I felt the anointing come off of him and on me. Wow. And that's when we launched the prophetic schools and parts of my ministry. And that came through the laying on of hands 
from the pastor. And then later on, the staff did the same thing. So you need people to bless you. You need that blessing from people. So some of you may be saying, well, how do I find that community? How do I find those people? You know, one of the things that I find happen is that sometimes prophets will go in trying to prophesy immediately. Mm. Why don't you go in and be a friend first? That's good. Go in and establish connection, establish community, be a friend, get coffee with somebody. Tell the pastor, hey, I would like to, I would like to know more about your church. Can we get coffee together? I just want to know you more. Don't go in immediately and try and be a prophet. Okay, <laughs> don't go in immediately trying to be a problem. That's a bad idea. You'll just get disappointed and your feelings will get hurt because they don't know you. And mm-hmm. that's a fair place to be. They don't know you. So start first by establishing connection and friendship. That's really good, mm-hmm. really helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, shifting gears. <laughs> uh, I have two more things. Sure. One is give me maybe most memorable or craziest encounter you've had. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, all right. This one, some, guys, I'm just going to be real with you. Sometimes people think I'm fasting and praying. I am a prophet that loves to eat. So I, <laughs> I mean, I pray. Absolutely. But you know, I am, um, sometimes these things happen while I'm just doing normal life. So one time I wake up, <laughs> I wake up and the Lord tells me, uh, Micah, don't forget to put your pants on. And I said, that is an odd thing to say to me, Jesus. And so I said, okay, you know, me and Jesus have a relationship where I'm just like, hmm, I guess you'll tell me what that means as prophetic or some kind, you tell me what it means. And so I go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, you know, getting ready for the morning. I whispers, put your pants on, bro. And I'm like, I, I will. I, I got to go to work. So I'm going to. Why are you telling me this? Bathroom door is shut. Yeah. And then so I open the bathroom door, and my room is gone, and now there's a dirt road. So I am not, I'm in my bathroom, but I'm, there, I'm not in my apartment. It, I'm, there's this dirt road to this house. Mm. And I said, oh, no. I teleported. <laughs> and, I, and the Holy Spirit said, I told you, put your pants on. And I said, oh, no. And I closed the door and I said, I am so sorry, Holy Spirit. But luckily, my jeans were hanging on, suddenly were hanging on the towel rack. And so I just put my pants on and I walked down the dirt road. And I said, why am I here? Why am I here? And listen, there is a couple, uh, a married couple in the house. One of them is sick with cancer. I want you to pray for them and I'm going to heal them. So I knocked on the door. Guys, this is real stuff. Remember Philip was lifted up by the Spirit Mm. and teleported? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking like, this is like Chronicles of Narnia, you know, the wardrobe, you know, but I'm, my mind is like, wow, Lord, you are incredible. So I knock on the door and, and I say, Hey, you don't know me, but the Lord has sent me to pray for you. Which one of you is, has got cancer? Turned out it was the wife. And so I go in there and I pray, Lord heals them. And they, it was amazing. God healed them. Oh, I just, I'm blown away by that. And so then I, I'm like, how am I going to get back? <laughs> so I uh, leave the house and I turn around and there's the door, just the door standing there, the bathroom door on the road. Hmm. So I open the door, but, you know, go into the bathroom, I close it and then I open it again and then there's my room across the hall. Wow. 
<laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so of course I'm like trying to text my family, mom, dad, I just teleported. And my brother calls me, what? I was like, I just teleported. He was like, through a wardrobe. I was like, no, <laughs> the bathroom, <laughs> you know, but see, again, like I said at the beginning, that was so normal for my family. They were just like, that's wow. cool. You know, they, so we talked about it for months and months and months. So that's probably one of the craziest. Like I know, I mean, if you have a any kind of, you know, you've been formed in the logic and rational mind that <laughs> I it's, know, right? it's being defied right now, yes. you know. And yes. I know some of you listening, you're probably just like, what, what? did this? Mm-hmm. So you would say that wasn't just a vision, mm-hmm. but you were actually there. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually there. And do you know where that place is? It was... I tried to look at like look at things similar to that road. Okay, so you were you were yeah. like like what where was I? Yeah, what? where was I? You okay. know, I was trying to look at things similar to you know to where I was, and it from roads that looked similar. It looked like I was somewhere in Tennessee or mm-hmm. somewhere like that in the backwoods somewhere in you know in, in in Tennessee. But those things, oh my gosh, my I I had to message uh, text message my mentor because those things were happening quite often for me. And they haven't happened in a while, maybe about three years. But um, 2016 and 17, the Lord was just transporting me a lot. I'd be driving and, uh, oh my gosh, another one. (laughs) A friend of mine was, uh, we were leaving Skyline and um, he was following me to my apartment. You know, Mm because he didn't know how to get there. So I said, yeah, bro, just follow me. So, you know, I pull onto the main road. There's a light. And I pull, turn right onto the main road. And when I turn right onto the main road, I'm pulling into my parking lot, to a parking lot into my apartment. And, of course, I'm screaming. I'm like, oh, it happened again. (laughs) You know, I'm transported again. And so he calls me. He said, dude, where'd you go? Your car just left. (laughs) And I'm like, I teleported, bro. <laughs> and he's wow. like, I don't know how to get here. So we were freaking out. He comes to my apartment and and we're all just laughing and laughing and laughing. And and I'm like, God, you're just having fun with me, you know? Wow. So I texted my mentor. I said, hey, I didn't know how to ask him. I just said, hey, uh, so I, I am transporting or teleporting a lot. Do you have any um, wisdom for me? And he texts me back. He said, do it. <laughs> and just do it. Do it. <laughs> and just do it. And I said, okay. So I just said, Holy Spirit, I'm, a, I'm available. Just do it. I'm here. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. So y- you mentioned something uh, last night in our mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, you believe that this kind of thing, yeah. these kind of encounters mm-hmm. are, are, are available for Yes, yes. For everyone. For right? everyone. So what would you say... To those of us that don't have never teleported, or you know, like, what would yeah. you say to uh-huh. invite that or welcome that? Sure. Remember how I said, Holy Spirit, you know, thank you that we're going to be supernatural today. Mm. You know, it took me. Well, I mean, I remember praying even when I was little. You know, oh, I would love to teleport. What would that be like? But nothing happened for years and years and years. But what I did was, I focused on the small things. Mm. And I embrace the small things, embrace the gut feelings, or embrace those 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 moments of where you you feel the slight presence, and you thank him for that. You value him, you know. You value those experiences because when he sees that, wow, you're stewarding those things, you know, and and loving that and appreciating that, I'm going to give you a little bit more. I'm going to stretch you a little bit more. But we all have to, we all have to start somewhere. Okay. Some people, you know, they're on at level 10 
right off the bat. And some people are like, I'm a lo- I'm on level three right now. You know, there is one is not greater than the other. Okay, one is not greater. Just because someone is transported seventy thousand times and you get pictures in your mind, you know, he's not greater than you. You know, That's there good. is none of that in the spirit. Okay, but we all have to start somewhere. I like to say this. You know, when you go to a gym, you don't pick up a 60-pound weight, Hmm. okay? You pick up the Mm 35-pound, okay, because that's what you can lift. And you have repetition with that weight until you build strength and you can do more. It's the same way in the spiritual world. You start with the gift that you have and you strengthen that, and then the Lord will show you more, and then you'll be able to do more, you know? So I tell people, start with the 10-pound, okay, because that's valuable, and build yourself up. Reputation is very important. Practice is very important. People want to see angels. You know, I want to start by seeing angels. Okay, we'll start by asking this question. If I was, you know, you, you may be, you know, at a, I don't know, at the store or the market or something like that. And this is how I tell people where to start. Okay, if angels were here right now, where do you think they would be? Just start that. Mm-hmm. And then start to imagine, you know, start to say, mm, I think they would probably be right there. And what's happening is that's training you to come into an awareness that, oh, there's more here. You know, yeah. there's always more, you know, here. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question. Mm-hmm. What do you think Jesus, th- this is kind of very big, more broad. <laughs> yes, yes. What do you think Jesus is saying to the church right oh, now? Oh, my goodness. And mm-hmm. that might be a lot, and yeah. you can kind of just share whatever's coming, but sure. I know he's speaking. I know he loves the church. He's yeah. building the church. Sure. It's, in. It's you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of rebuilding, a lot of things being dismantled mm-hmm. and foundation that have cracks and weeds being pulled out, all the things. What, what do you think Jesus is saying to the church? Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that, the Lord is is speaking to me, and he ke- he keeps speaking to me. Is that the glory of the Lord is coming? You know, yes, we know that it's coming, but really, where it's going to show up a ton is really in the marketplace areas, and the church is going to really be released outside of those walls. You know, to really interpret the seasons. You know that we're in. So, Holy Spirit's working heavenly on our identity, who we are in Christ, because He's going to send us out in power to interpret the seasons that the earth is in. Um, That's good. You know, so His glory is here. His, I'm not saying His glory doesn't pour out in the churches. You know, yeah, obviously it does because we need that. <laughs> you know, but a, a lot of those power encounters are going to happen. You know, in your workplace, you know, when you're at the park, when you're at the store, you know, they're going to happen in those areas. And then the Lord's going to use you to interpret what is going on. Because remember, dreams and visions and prophecy, those heavenly encounters is going to pour out on everybody. That also means on people who don't know him. Mm. They're going to have dreams or they're going to hear the voice. Mm. You know, they're going to hear the voice and they're going to have a relationship with you and say, hey, I had this dream last night. This man came to me and said, I don't know, this might be corny, follow me, you know? And you'll be able to say, that's Jesus. You're able to interpret the season. Yeah. You're able to interpret their dreams, interpret their visions, and bring them into the kingdom to show them where this glory is coming from and who this glory belongs to. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's That inspires me. Mm-hmm. I think that's right on. Um, would you just pray over, you know, all those that are listening, mm-hmm. 
aspiring prophets or just sure. <clears throat> even just those that are wanting they know there's more and mm. how to how to walk into that place um yeah just whatever the lord puts on your heart to pray, sure. just pray over everything. Yeah, Father, I just thank you so much, Lord. I thank you. I just release the anointing, Lord, even on uh, those who are listening right now. Lord, I just release the anointing, Lord, and I bless um, the the prophets who are who are um, rising up or developing, and I bless even the leadership teams, God, who are like, we want to know more about these this the prophets here, the seers. And Lord, I thank you that... Um, you always do things well, and you always do things perfectly. And Lord, I thank you that we are stepping into the way that you want to do uh, ministry, the way that you want to glorify yourself on the earth. God, it is so important that we do things the way you want to do it. And Lord, I just release a... Um, a, um, a, an encouragement to the prophets who are like, I really want community and I just don't know where to find it. I just don't know what to do. Listen, God knows how important it is for you to be with your brothers and sisters and to be encouraged. So Lord, I thank you that that season of the lonely prophet, Lord, that season of I'm feeling rejected, that season of being separated is ending right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you are bringing them into community. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there are so many churches out there who are like, oh, we love you. We want you. We want to receive you. You are amazing. Lord, I thank you that you would show the searching prophet those places, those churches, those community, whether that's a small group, whether that's a local church, wherever that is, God, I thank you that you are going to bring them into a place of community in mm -hmm. Jesus' name. And Lord, those who want just more of you, who just really say, I just want more of God. I just, this supernatural stuff, I don't fully understand. It sounds a little crazy, but Lord, you know what? I want more. That's awesome. Lord, I thank you that you will increase Amen. the dreams and the visions. God, I thank you that you will increase the encounters, that you will come upon them with power in Jesus' name. And Lord, I um, some of you may have been frustrated because you say, I've been trying to find and I just keep hitting a wall. Well, you know what? I in the name of Jesus, I crush that wall, that wall that says, it's like breakthrough. They need breakthrough. I speak breakthrough over you in the name of Jesus, that this will be a delightful season. The Lord's going to bring you into a delightful season in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Micah. That was awesome. You're welcome.